Welcome to another fresh serving of PT Meal. In this episode, I have as guest Jenny Youssef. She's a doctor of physical therapy, board-certified clinical specialist in geriatric physical therapy, a certified lymphedema therapist, and a certified exercise expert in aging adult. She's currently the vice chair of Global Health in Aging Adult Special Interest Group in the APTA Geriatrics. In this episode, Jenny described her practice as a geriatric physical therapist. We also talked about different models or terms associated in aging, like successful, optimal, healthy, and active. And we also talked about her experiences and helpful tips in approaching the older adult population. Now playing after the short break. Okay, welcome back to another episode of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, a buffet of play, therapies, movement, exercise, activities, and leisure all packed in a hearty conversation of physical therapy profession and practice. I am Johan De La Paz, your host. Welcome to the show. So, so for today's episode, uh, we are going to talk about uh, geriatric physical therapy and aging. And uh, to help us with the... Uh, with our topic is my guest, uh, Dr. Jenny Youssef, uh, Doctor of Physical Therapy, uh, certified in lymphedema therapy and uh, certified exer- uh, exercise expert in aging adult. <laughs> wow, bye. Uh, so, Dr. Jen, welcome to the show. Good evening, Johan. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to have you and, and thank you for, you know, saying yes to my invitation. So yeah, we're, for today's um, discussion or conversation, we are going to talk about geriatric physical therapy. You're a board certified uh, clinical specialist in uh, geriatric physical therapy as well. So we're going to uh, dive into that later. So, but before we start, could you give us a little background on your physical therapy story and what your current role is now? Yes. Um, before anything else, thank you for this opportunity, Johan. And I'm always watching your PT Meal um, podcast. Congratulations. So first of all, thank you guys to our listeners. And also, I am Dr. Jenny Yusuf. They call me Dr. Jenny. And I am a physical therapist for more than 18 years. I worked before in um, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Wow. Yes, I was surprised you're covering all those. And I really enjoyed that. Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for three years, and that's the first overseas um, Filipino working experience for me. And um, for three years, that was in Gazim, and that's very, very strict place. And that's mm. my that's under Ministry of Health. And then um, I transitioned in United Arab Emirates <laughs> for more than four four and a half years, and that's where I began my family. Mm-hmm. I got married, have a baby, Maya. So. That is in United Arab Emirates. So I saw that also. So United, it's in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking, is um, where is United Arab Emirates? So I just keep saying Dubai because majority, they don't know what is Abu Dhabi. Right, but they right. are familiar with Dubai. So that's where's the place, very nice place. So it's more open compared to Saudi Arabia. And then I came here. So here in United States of America, now I'm here um, turning 10, I believe, or nine years. So as an immigrant, and then I am a home health physical therapist, and also I have physician PT and wellness as a mobile PT, telehealth, and um, I used to have an acute care, and I'm focusing more on home health. And then, um, yeah, so that's more on my clinical career. 
Yes, thank you. Wow. So you've been, you know, around already. So yeah. from, from Saudi to, to Abu Dhabi then here. Uh, right. So I, I, talking about, you know, Middle East, uh, as I was saying in the past episodes, a lot of our fellow Philippine physical therapists are interested already in, in going to the Middle East as an, you know, uh, as another option to, to work at in, not, not, not only in the U.S. or you know Australia or Canada, but Middle East is also already, already a, an option for them. So um, you're a board-certified uh, geriatric clinical specialist. So describe to us what a geriatric physical therapist do. Yeah, so um, geriatric physical therapy first is a branch of, let's say, physical therapy. It's another form of physical therapy. You're specialized in geriatrics, so... We are going to, just like you, right? Uh-huh. Um, your geriatric physical uh-huh. therapist as well. Congratulations, Johan. And we are treating and helping our older adults. Uh-huh. So we focus more on helping the older adults. How, and then our concern is to improve their, um, to prevent their, let's say, to improve their strengthening or strength and to prevent their resource falls because as they age there's a increase of these risk for falls and they have many many factors such as osteoporosis and we are focusing on improving their life mm-hmm. lifespan by doing some exercises and to improve their function and their ADL as we say you know right. to improve their life and mm-hmm. improve their optimal aging or successful aging Mm-hmm. Like that. Right, right. And in, in your practice, you've been uh, in different countries already. Uh, in treating older adults, what are the common conditions that you see? So let's say um, in different settings, especially in different culture, when I was mm-hmm. in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, majority I was in outpatient setting mm-hmm. and also a little bit of inpatient. So um, I'm, more, I'm more on orthopedics. Mm-hmm. So I was not geriatric at that time. So majority are more on cerebral palsy neurological. Mm-hmm. So when I transitioned in Abu Dhabi, I am more on neurologic. Um, I'm, I was in rehab. Mm-hmm. So we treated stroke and spinal cord injury. I, I saw an MS there for rehab and those are the things that you can see. Mm-hmm. So many, many complications. And I, I also did ma- majority of orthopedic in those cases. And geriatric um, here now in America is where I focus more. And when you are um, geriatric physical therapist, you will going to encounter more on balance and falls risk cases. So right now, both of cases from falls are, and also THR, hip and knee replacement so that's mm. more on mixed orthopedic i remember with one of our colleagues uh, dr erson shout out to dr erson religioso mm-hmm. and he said jenny there's uh when you say orthopedic there's that's all over even you are treating geriatric you will have an ortho cases which is mm-hmm. true we're treating mm-hmm. right now right that's true that's they, true they keep falling and then when you have a feeds they will be orthopedic so mm-hmm. there's manual so with my cases, I have lots of geriatrics that having dementia. So I have dementia cases. I have neurological cases post-CBA. And we're seldom the SCI. 
but because I am home help, so I see them in their home post the rehab already. So which is stroke, I have those those cases, new recent CVA, and lots of Parkinson's disease and lymphedema. So I am the main lymphedema therapist in our company, and I am the Parkinson's expert in the group. So those are my cases. So right. I really, really enjoy. And then overall, our aging adults having complications for these, the conditioning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you and uh, what Urson said that, you know, yeah. when we when you treat ortho, you know, everyone is ortho. Just like when uh, she, he, I think in, in our conversation before, he also said, like, if you're treating ortho, you can't really separate neuro from ortho. You also treat nerves when you're treating uh, musculoskeletal condition. So same yeah. as with us in geriatrics. So we can't separate other disciplines in our disciplines because we see neuro with what you mentioned, stroke, uh, Parkinson's, dementia. Then we see musculoskeletal as well uh, in, in post-op. And, and we also see cardiopulmo with those people who are deconditioned, mm-hmm. That's uh, th- yeah. th- those who have the heart problems. So, I mean, geriatric people would say that geriatric physical therapy is kind of boring because you're just treating older people. But, you know, there's a lot. (laughs) I mean, other people would have that connotation or misconception about geriatric physical therapy. But unless you you treat a lot of um, older adults, you you won't see the vast uh, spectrum of the cases of Mm -hmm. uh, in in geriatric physical therapy. So so we talked about earlier... um, Aging adults. So, so, so people would have that, you know, um, you know, late people would have uh, some, some ideas of what aging is. Some people would think that pain might be part of aging. Some people would think oh. that, you know, postural um, deviations are part of aging. But for you, when you teach your, your patients what uh, normal part of aging is, what do you say to them? Yeah, so aging is a normal process. It is like a development or there's our stages, you know. Mm-hmm. So I always incorporate them. There is a normal, um, some changes because our life, our body is changing, especially our, our let's say, musculoskeletal, our strength. Mm-hmm. You can be a little bit slow in your walking. You can a little bit stiff in some ways and your heart and vessels a little bit. But that's the goal is like, you need to always think that it should be in a process. Mm-hmm. It's not, un, you can say that in, after three years, I have I am a little bit slower. So mm-hmm. that's an aging. But if you're saying that uh, last week, I was able to do this, and I cannot do it now this week. So that's not normal, you know. Mm-hmm. So aging should be a slow process. And then we can always say that aging should be in a different level. They said they have five stages, like independence, interindependence, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then later on, it's a process like you are going to change slowly. But pulse is not a normal uh, part of aging. And I, that's what I always say to them. And dementia is not a normal part of aging. Mm-hmm. Hearing loss, you will say, oh, it's normal because I, I am old already. So I can, there will be um, increase of 
hearing deficits, visual deficits, is slowly, so as time passed by. And mm -hmm. those changes, especially in our body, in the strength, even the graying of hair, you know. Mm -hmm. So some of those are like, it depends on the lifestyle of the person. It depends on their genetics, so their genes, and also those, your body itself. Mm -hmm. Age, they keep saying, right? Age is just a number. If right. we keep saying shout out to also our Dustin Jones, old, not weak, or like that. So we need to have these changes that when you say age, you should be old. No, mm -hmm. aging is, is not always like that. And we need to prevent these ageism things like that. So mm -hmm. we need to um, adapt in these things. We always need to break that these things, what I've said, falls, dementia, things like that, those are not a normal part of aging. So mm -hmm. we need to know. Hearing, um, let's say the eyes, it can be blurred in some ways because mm -hmm. of our, um, also, the, even the presbycusis, the hearing <laughs> deficits, things like that. So we can be slowed. So that's the reason why we incorporate geriatric physical therapy. We always educate our clients, go to their, to their physical therapies, and we always educate them that this is not normal and you can improve that. You are aware, Johan, that there are 75-year-old um, in the marathon. We have a weightlifter in those ages with older adults, so mm -hmm. it can be changed, you know, mm -hmm. with proper education and um, amplification that this exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree, I agree. Um, when I was doing home health back in the East Coast, I would see uh, patients that are independent to their 90s, and it only took one fall for them to, you know, be dependent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as you were saying, age is just a number, and people can be independent up to that age without, yeah. you know, without any assistive device, without any support from anyone. So as you mentioned that falls um, is not, it's not a normal part of aging. These yeah. are uh, things that can be prevented with the help of, you know, um, being active, physical activity and your physical therapists. So even if, you know, even before getting that accident or that incident, uh, it, it's, it would be beneficial for an older adult to see a physical therapist just to see what aspects of function, you know, they can improve on just to help at least lessen those risks. We can't really like say that, you know, <laughs> eliminate the risk, but at least yes. lessen mm -hmm. those risks. Decrease the risk mm -hmm. of falls. So yeah. it is preventable. Falls is um, preventable. We can... We have lots of resources from CDC, the mm -hmm. study guide. So even dementia can slow. Um, dementia is the disease already. Mm -hmm. So it is the condition. So it's not compared like you're being forgetful. There's a gray area that if you forget your keys and then you just forget something, but it's, a, it's normal. But having dementia, which you're affected your function, mm -hmm. you're unable to... Um, process your balance accounts, mm -hmm. things like that, unable to drive, unable mm -hmm. to do your daily living. So that is not, uh, already the key. So those are, you have some affectation already that right. needs to be built. So, but something like you forgot. And intentional, that's I just want to forget, Jan. So that's different, right? 
So that's intention. So yeah. something like that, we need to learn about those things. That's true. Because since dementia, the term dementia has been popular nowadays, it's been thrown around already like, oh, I already have dementia. I mean, people should distinguish senility from, I mean, dementia, being senile. It, it sometimes, you know, it kind uh it, it's something like that you you forget things that you know you forget your car keys or or yeah so it's intermittent it's not like regular and it's not worsening so dementia is you, you for also forget you know some executive function there so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and another term that you know has been becoming popular is active aging and different types of aging you have like healthy aging, optimal aging, active aging, successful aging. So as physical therapists, and as someone who we see um, uh, see older adults a lot, what should we, you know, have them strive for? Is it healthy, optimal, active, successful, or any, any of those? Yeah, so when you say optimal, um, that is, uh, when you say, let's say, um, successful, mm-hmm. successful aging or healthy aging, maybe that's the closest one, is that you are aging, that you don't have any disability at all. Mm-hmm. So you're really okay. I mm-hmm. hope, I think that's what I will strive for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is like the successful aging. Mm-hmm. You don't have disabilities and you are you are dealing on your high functional level. Mm-hmm. You're able, oh, you're on your 70s, you're doing your cruise, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're on the 80s doing your, going still in the gym and you can really meet especially on, on their 80s that you're still working and then in their peak of their career, still in the business. I think those are the things. If you don't have any issues, disability and any um, diseases, that's what we want to strive for at least. Mm-hmm. So optimal aging is that you're aging and you have some other issues, but you're able to function and then you're still doing your own function, your physical, and then your social cognition. So you're able to make it up, things like that. Right. So those levels. So you're mm-hmm. still independent in your level, but you have those issues that you want to mm-hmm. focus on. So, and that's also what we're doing as well in our clients, you know? Right. So we want, we, that's our always ask them their goal. Mm-hmm. So what's your goal right now? Because you don't meet them if they don't have issues. And good point when you say about the heart disease and also you want to put on those COPDs. That's, we have lots of cases on that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So especially now with the COVID that we have, so we have pulmonary cases as mm-hmm. well. So those are the things that they want to be an optimal level of function is that they have some issues, but they're able to do their activities of daily living. Right, right, right. I agree. I mean, for for older adults that come to us with no comorbidities, no other medical conditions, it's good if they would strive to be uh, on that healthy aging or successful aging route to be free from any conditions and live their life to the fullest. But for those who we see that have, you know, comorbidities, other medical concerns, at least strive to, to, to age optimally, you know, to live their full life uh, in spite of those other issues. That they have. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
right. spiritually, functionally, socially. Mm-hmm. You know, even even they have those issues that they're still sociable. Mm-hmm. They are in their wheelchair, but they're able to go to their family gatherings. So those things like that. You, they have their walker, mm-hmm. and then they're still able to attend and go to their grandchildren's activities. That's a big, big uh, plus, already, And that's mm-hmm. their optimal goal. That's that's true. I had patients before that were that I, I was seeing in home health, and they were like planning to to go on a cruise, and it was like, "Oh, really? You're still going to a cruise? Wow, that's uh, amazing!" It really reframed my thinking on age and disability. I mean, them trying to strive to be to participate on a cruise or or enjoy their the company of their friends going on a cruise and that's their specific goal it's like i mean before you know going to the u.s my goal for older adults is just be able to walk around and for when i came here and saw how much active you know older adults here are i mean it really changed my perception on age and disability so yeah so make sure to ask your patients yeah that's true if if you're seeing older adults make sure to ask what their specific goal is so that you, yes, that's the first thing. You 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 aim your your treatment plan to their goal so that they can you know be motivated to to do that. So how do you how how do you approach your your patients when they they come to see you about you know those who have a different notion on aging? I mean, some people, you know, I I, I don't know if you already if you encounter the patient that you know that would say to you oh i'm already old i don't need that <laughs> i'm going closer to the the ground now i don't need physical uh, therapy so how, how do you approach that i you know what um sometimes i'm always thinking not really intentionally but it's just happening as a physical therapist guys sometimes we are not only a physical therapist sometimes you're also a psychologist I even I even uh, encounter a client that has a cancer, and then he's so young, and but he is telling you know what, Jenny. I even forgot you're my physical therapist today. I thought I'm in my counselor, you know. Mm-hmm. So because you are always coming to their home, and your goal is for them to do the therapy, right? right. But if they are not into it, you need to motivate them. And always ask the reason why of the decrease in motivation. So when they say, let's say, oh, Jenny, I'm not into it right now. Why do we need to do the exercises? I'm, it will not make me improve because I'm old, I'm aging, you know, I'm hurting. You know, I'm always going back. What is important to you? Let's say Mr. Smith, you know. That's my favorite thing, always Mr. Smith. Sorry, whoever. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Smith, um, what's what's your why or what's your what are you thinking of doing that say when you come out today that say get like that? Um, I just want to go to my granddaughter. She's uh, I really want to see her like that, you know. So if their focus is the grandkids, so we will always include that in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, we really need to work on your strength so that you can carry your three-year-old granddaughter, you know? So, uh, okay, you need to improve your strength. You need to walk better so that you can attend to your 10-year-old soccer team, um, something like that, or the recital of it. So you will focus on whatever is important to them. 
-hmm. if that's the son or the kids i have a client that she just wants to attend the wedding so we're focusing on that's a shorter always check on the smart goals right mm -hmm. so yeah. just simple measurable and then also realistic and then time bound so so things like that so we need to check that is really easy for us to work through that way also they're asking i want to walk again it's sometimes there's an opposite clients uh johan so some of them they want to walk even they really cannot walk for for a while so we need to be realistic right because right. we don't want to be focusing on that we're doing this and then so at least when we are transparent in the first place and they are we have the common goal between the therapist and the client it will be easier so that they will not get hurt and they will not have a negative connotation that i did this before and so at least we have this common goal so if we're able to do the walker right now because you have the walker for two years i think this is your friend right now and it's safer for you with a walker because right. they don't want the walker you know right. Right. so you really need to have the walker at this moment imagine you have four legs additional four legs and when you use the walker, it's fifty percent of your weight bearing is being helped and then removed and then assisted by this walker. If you have the cane, twenty five percent. So I always explain that. And then what will be the risk if we have a mistake and he's too eager to do something? We don't want to go back to rehab again. So we explain that, and then they're understanding, and then later on, um, they will be motivated. So we need to know what's the face. Mm -hmm. Are you depressed? Mm -hmm. And then when you see the client at that time, they're usually happy. And then mm -hmm. when you arrive that they are really depressed, don't treat right away. You need to go first. How can you make them, let's do this. Just do the exercise and exercise. And they're not into it. I, mm -hmm. Then you never know. There's a social things happening like, passing away of a family member and mm -hmm. so it's very important to, to touch their um whatever how they feel that specific time mm -hmm. that way there will be a bonding between you and later on it will be easier for the treatment later you know right. so those right. are how i approach mm -hmm. so that's why sometimes um we we need to do that mm -hmm. we are the coach we are the educator we are the teacher <laughs> That's you true. can be a mentor. You're not only a physical therapist doing exercise for them. Hmm. Uh, you can be called exercise lady, whatever. <laughs> whatever is easier for them to remember. Right. Uh, dance, dancer, uh, your singer, <laughs> musician. Yeah, we need to do music therapy, right? So mm -hmm. make them whatever happy for them. <laughs> Just make them to move. Right. Yeah. So there are certain patients that once you see right away, you know, you know, the first look at, at a patient in their home or wherever, you know that there's something's wrong, right? But do you have do you do you actually test a, a patient's motivation in therapy? Do you perform any outcome measure in, in testing readiness to to move, or it's just from basically interview or history taking? Oh yeah, during eval. During so, eval. Yeah, even the start of care eval, there's always some movement involved. Mm -hmm. 
So it depends on your case, right? So I always incorporate those functional outcome measures and it's very important to your documentation. So I always include the 30 seconds with the stand. So I incorporate that. And if I have air, um, COPD cases or heart failure cases, I incorporate the two minute step test and the time up and go is the easiest or the DGS. So the time up and go is the easiest and for that particular time. Then later on, you can add the verb or some uh, other longer functional outcome measure. But I love the one leg stance test, the 30 seconds with the stand. Mm -hmm. Those things are very, very small, short measurements. So yeah. when the client cannot do the, the tug, so more on bed balance. So that's easier to make those things. Mm -hmm. So it's more on bed mobility. But okay. those are the things. It's very important that um, you make them move mm -hmm. because that's your baseline. When you say motivation, so it means that how easy for me to make them move, right? So this is very challenging if they have dementia, but you need to be tricky. You need to make it short, concise for them. So if they don't want to walk, just working that I just need 10 feet because they don't know how, how long you want, how, right. how long they will walk. And right. then sometimes you just make it up like, okay, just let us check out if you don't, if they cannot do um, the time up and go, but they can really walk. You just yeah. ask, um, can I see your kitchen? Oh, this is a beautiful painting. And then they are walking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, can I see your granddaughter's picture? You know, you need to do different things, but don't tell them that you're doing exercise. If you feel that that's what they don't want that, you need to rephrase those things. But mm -hmm. you're still moving, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's how true. you gauge. So that's how you're becoming more artistic in a way that you still make them move. They are still engaged. And whatever exercises you're doing, make them a certain things, but don't say the word exercise mm -hmm. if they don't want to be more on those things. So we need to be tricky, but still, it's their benefit. Mm -hmm. They don't want to, oh, I don't want to walk today. And <laughs> then, oh, oh, this is a nice painting, especially he's a painter before. Mm -hmm. And then, can you show me this? Oh, I have more. And then you will be surprised. You just, <laughs> you know, I have more there in my room. And then he's showing off all his. So, and then that's it. He walk, mm -hmm. and then you educate him while he's walking. Mm -hmm. Oh, be careful, be close to your walker. Oh, where's mm -hmm. your painting? Mm -hmm. And that's it, right? That's so, true. but uh, as your question, we always, I always incorporate those functional outcome measures. Very mm -hmm. important. So, you need right. to know the before and after. Right. The numbers, data. My, my go-to functional um, measure as well are, are the 30 seconds to the stand or five sit to stands and mm -hmm. or the tug easiest especially for yeah. for houses that which are like doesn't have that that much room but for for houses that have uh more room the dgi i, I like that too mm -hmm. um and I, I like what you mentioned like earlier that you just converse with them and try to avoid the use of the word exercise because because yeah. there are there are faces that once they see your face, they say, no, I'm not going to exercise today. I'm not going to do physical therapy. And I said, like, that's okay. I'm just going to sit down here. Do you want to get your mail in the mailbox outside? I'll walk with you. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they're walking already. <laughs> so they're, yeah. Yeah, 
just being creative is you know what you you want to strive for when dealing with patients who are not not really not motivated but you know there are some behaviors that they want to mm-hmm. avoid moving or doing exercise but yeah. they're free you know they're they're free to do some of the things that they normally do so try to think of what do they usually do here that they want to do really so yeah yeah so what are the i just want to add um johan let's say they have a difficult patient that has dementia Mm -hmm. history taking also with a family member are very important caregiver education and also if they if you don't know at all when you went to the client you need to always check the family member what mr smith like what mm-hmm. he doesn't like is very important right. and then especially what do you want and doesn't need to talk about mm-hmm. so that's very important because you need to know you want to be very effective with him right mm-hmm. so we need to know the tones and the those what he loves most so mm-hmm. that's uh, another tip there mm-hmm. that's right right especially for as you mentioned uh, patients who have dementia, there are certain words that might, you know, trigger their um, agitation or, you know, um, oh, aggressive, you know, behavior. Yes. So it's, you don't know what words can trigger, you know, bad memories or stuff like that. So, you know, be, be careful, try to, you know, tread a little bit <laughs> in, in, in history taking. Um, so what other, um experiences unforgettable experiences or you know uh incidents that you had with your patients that that you 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 came into like epiphany or or you you learned something from that experience all right um especially i i really enjoy working with them Mm -hmm. i think it's more on be compassionate it's Mm -hmm. really important you know Um, if you are not patient, uh, patient enough, it's difficult for you to be in this field. Mm-hmm. You need to be very compassionate and you need to have, like, to be in empathy, be mm-hmm. in their place. And you need to be sensitive in such a way that they have their other things happening in whatever you see right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I always incorporate clinically, I learned that it's very important when we have an increased cognitive decline. So I follow the 90 seconds rule. So a 90 second rule is that um, you need to wait for 90 seconds for our clients with uh, cognitive deficits to understand you. So let's say, hi, Mr. Smith, what is your um, breakfast today? Mm-hmm. So I cannot ask again the another thing like, uh, did you eat, uh, did you, what's your breakfast, right? That's my question. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you change your own clothes today? And mm-hmm. did you shower? That's three already. Mm-hmm. But still is digesting the first question. What did you eat today or something mm-hmm. like that? So we need to take time. So the 90 seconds rule. Mm-hmm. So make it short, concise, and then follow that 90 seconds. So mm-hmm. I learned that very well. And that's very important. So mm-hmm. Don't rush. So those are some of the things that I always, and respect. Mm-hmm. So I always have very important for them the respect. And because I, in my setting, I'm coming to their home. Right. And then that's uh, as much as possible. I'm like a guest there. So mm-hmm. I just respect in such a way. Things like that. So mm-hmm. many other things 
but those are some of the things that I um, check. And then um, not all clients are the same, you know? Mm-hmm. You cannot really do keep doing the same thing to the same clients. My, uh, I always keep checking and informing my um, um, interns or what you call this therapist that mm-hmm. I am covering or mm-hmm. supervising those under those. We always use and we always do some exercises, but we need to do more. Mm-hmm. So don't underdosing. We have a routine exercise, um, strengthening, theraband things. You can do more. Do some weightlifting, resistance training. So mm-hmm. that's what I want and to incorporate mm-hmm. for them. Don't don't let them do something simple if you think that they can do more. Right. So that's what they and underdosing. I remember from management in modern is uh, negligence. You know, it's like a malpractice because mm-hmm. you're underdosing them. Exactly. So I like that. I like that part. Mm-hmm. I think um, underdosing is rooted from uh, that simple, you know, program making that we had like 10 repetitions, three sets and things, stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's some use to that that 10 repetitions and three sets but I mean if you assess properly and you know the capability of your patient you you will not stick to that um, program for too long you know you mm-hmm. probably just be there like a one one session just to gauge the reaction or the response of the body to, to exercise then yeah yeah then, then move further. Yeah, You're, and I agree with what you said. It, it's somewhat of a negligent um, move. Or my, if, my practice or uh, something like that, right? Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> if you're going to stick to that, that, that's simply not necessary, right? I mean, for, for those who are, you know, um, probably new grads or students listening mm-hmm. and... Um, thinking about going into geriatric physical therapy, what can you advise those uh, students or new grads? Yeah, if you're thinking of going to geriatric, so go for it. Um, And congratulations by doing that uh, from now. Because um, if you are gearing on doing that, that's really amazing. And then just focus on, invest in yourself. There are many, many resources there. And connect with me um, if ever you have want to do a pattern or a bridge on doing the geriatric clinical specialist, and then what are the different resources. So you will be very very um, powerful in this field, and um, you will be able to help a lot. And um, lots of baby boomers, you know, we are all going to aging, and these older adults are more than sixty five and above. So we have active aging. So they are all your um, clients. So mm-hmm. this is really good. You can be in different settings, but maturity, you're still um, treating the geriatric geriatric field. So that will be an amazing um, sub, what you call that, like your specialization. That's really good. Right. Yeah, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, a lot of people are going to get old now. Uh, that's part of the statistics and I mean 
with the geriatric physical therapy, <laughs> you're going to see a lot of old people. So um, thank you for our conversation and, and being in the show. I really like our discussion about thank aging. About that. I mean, with people don't really, I mean, physical therapists won't really think about going into geriatric physical therapy. I didn't think I would be, I would like the geriatric physical therapy, but since I was put there and seems like you know destiny is pointing me to geriatrics i was like oh this is nice <laughs> i'm kind of lighting right so i mean sometimes you can think of you can you you want to be a sports physical therapist mm-hmm. or or a, a neuro uh, physical therapist but if, if if you begin to treat geriatrics and you like it then probably geriatric physical therapy is for you <laughs> yes yes and they overlap right mm-hmm, that's so true yeah you, You are in geriatrics, and majority of your clients are having post of mm-hmm. that's your ortho. And mm-hmm. then I, I really thought that I have, I will be more on manual, knowing that all my skills back in Saudi Arabia with Malaysia mm-hmm. and then things like that. I have those kinesiotaping, right? And mm-hmm. that's all more on outpatient, and mm-hmm. I think manual. Mm-hmm. But all this um aging and active adults that we have, older adults, they need that. You know? and then all those um you say something neuro and our clients with post cva mm-hmm. and then all these things parkinson's that's neuro and right. that's what you have so <laughs> you have everything right so that, that's why even you're you're on, on geriatric you can be do your other uh, specialization we have many colleagues with lspdb mm-hmm. or parkinson's um uh, certification because that's your people mm-hmm. 50s is very young to have a Parkinson, so majority of them are are like on um, older adults. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, and, yeah. And for those who are interested in in taking the uh, geriatric specialization exam, you would study all of those aspects as well: neuro, ortho, uh, mm-hmm. post-op, acute care, everything, pelvic health as well. I mean, with the geriatric. Yeah, that's true. Pharma. So, I mean, I was surprised. It's the 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 scope of geriatric physical therapy is everything, basically, just old age. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So pharma and then um everything that's mm-hmm. really really good, and it's like a NPTE. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. yeah, I was surprised. That. <laughs> I said, "Oh my gosh, I'm going back to pharmacy." <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, but that's really good. Good turnout. I'm doing mm-hmm. my doctorate that time. I believe it just overlap whatever I'm studying. Mm, that's so, good. Yeah. So you're in the yeah. study mode then. Yeah, but that it just overlap. I'm doing. Oh, there's a pharmacy, and then this outfit. That that's good. That's good. So that's really. I am grateful in this field, and I'm grateful mm-hmm. that I am able to help a majority of our colleagues. You know, mm-hmm. who are asking and everything. That's so true. Am, that's true. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um. So, Dr. Chen, uh, just a quick one. Talk to us about Balance and Falls, your your Facebook mm-hmm. group, and you also do interviews there with very important people are yeah. that are doing good. You know, have their own companies and and doing um having you know talking about their expertise. So talk to us about uh Balance and Falls Facebook group. Oh yeah, um, so Balance and Falls support group in aging adults. These are the community, a private 
community that we uh, share our different like knowledge, articles, different innovations, and also we highlight different people. So every Monday we highlight different innovator or entrepreneur that um, they have products that help um, other people. So if you have those things that you have a product good for rehab, geriatric rehab, that just connect with me and we can do highlight with that. And also um, exercise gadgets, you know, those things that are very, very important. So, and also we, after we highlight and also we share different knowledge, some, some clinicians, some clients. So it's a mix of clients and clinicians. I like the clinicians joining uh, because they are looking for more um, resources. Mm -hmm. And this is an exchange of ideas. So we incorporate that there. The clinicians learning from whatever we're showing. Mm -hmm. So um, I always share something like, um, I I remember I shared all some of your wonderful Post about the geriatric. You remember those things that this is geriatric PT, this is orthopedic, different physical therapy. Ah, different okay. things. It's been a while, and I like yeah, those. I um, I like those pictures and images because mm-hmm. they understand those. So with those articles or links, resources, they learn, mm-hmm. and so motivation things like that. And from the different people that we interviewed, like Asim said, mm-hmm. we learned their experiences, their challenges, and their tips. Mm-hmm. So we incorporate exercise is uh, is uh, your medicine. Exercise mm-hmm. is movement is exercise. Mm-hmm. So we highlight on that. So those are the things and the fish gen. And I always incorporate different webinars. And then the geriatric rehab summit mm-hmm. is a combination of different speakers. So look into that. Um, mm-hmm. I am grateful for different speakers because they incorporate their experience sharing and they give lots of resources, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I help some organization in behalf of after those rehab summits. So mm-hmm. I am grateful for those uh, support. Yeah, congratulations on that uh, geriatric rehab summit. You already have like two years already. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Good and stronger. we're looking for the 2022, Johan. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, thank you for uh, being in the the podcast. We've discussed about geriatric physical therapy and aging. There's a lot of topics to discuss in, you know, old age, but we just focused on uh, aging. Um, Are you ready? Are you ready for my last questions? My my last bites? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So these are not, you know, uh, part of the, the usual questions about the aging anymore. So my first question is, um, what is your recipe for success? Oh, recipe for success. So I can say that it's really important to know your why, first mm-hmm. of all, so we have a goal. And then always pray hard for the, pray, pray to God for a, for, uh, for a like a foundation or like, so you know, you always have a guidance. Mm-hmm. And then also, be sure that, as I've said, when you're having a goal, you need to invest in yourself. You need to learn. You need to learn so you can educate. And be humble. You know, like downward, whatever. Because whatever we have right now, it's just all like borrowed. You know, mm-hmm. it's not really ours. That's so I, I really want to do all these things so I can serve other people. 
So I think being a leader is like you're able to serve other people and you're able to follow. So I think for me, it's just the road for success and just be persevere, mm-hmm. uh, be persistent. And they said like, like the grit, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so be persistent and your time will come. So okay. I think that that's be comfortable outside your comfort zone. I always think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't know that I would be in this, like looking at you, being the camera, because we all—I am shy. <laughs> I, You're I, shy. I, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm so shy, right? So I don't know how to. But other people said, just just go out there, Jen, because you want to educate people. Just be the voice. So, so be comfortable to be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Right. So that's be outside your bubble mm-hmm. because there will be no growth if you don't have a change, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all important when you're dealing and want to be in your, I don't know, that's a recipe of that. I don't know like how many percent of this and this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, for, it, it's, it's going to be unique for everyone, but that's, that's, good, that's a good answer. Um, next, my second uh, bite is, Um, for us to elevate our profession as physical therapists, what should we do? Yeah, I think I, I said that a while ago, to elevate your profession as a physical therapist, um, find your um, mentor, let's say, co- connect with everybody that you think this is the right model for you or mentor for you. Mm-hmm. So we are all over. And then if this strikes you, This is the path that I'm looking. I'll connect with something like that. So that's very important. And then also, as I've said, invest in yourself. I'm just only five years in America before. I have lots of courses attended. So I always encourage everybody, attend this, attend that. And those certifications, even though it's only like a letters behind your name, but there's some tidbits there. They are all the knowledge that nobody can get you. And people or your clients are the perfect uh, product for that. If they see how skillful you are, who would benefit? It's both of you, right? Mm-hmm. So your clients, I'm doing it for my clients. I keep telling them that the more knowledge I gain because I was able to incorporate it to them. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed, um, we didn't even talk about vestibular mm-hmm. and geriatrics has mm-hmm. the, all those things. The That's balance true. and balance and fold and that's why I made the balance and fold support group we always talk the vestibular mm-hmm. and those things so those are very important very very seldom um, clinicians are doing those things but they are revolving on that so invest on yourself that's very very important that way you can help more people and that that elevates you from mm-hmm. the others right Mm-hmm. Right. So I like what you what... said. Uh, when, uh, I like what you said about you invest on in yourself for your for your patients. You know, not yeah. for not for you, not for other therapists, but for the patients that you are gonna see every day. So yeah. that's your goal mm-hmm. to help them. You have to be able to teach yourself to learn more. That's true. Mm-hmm. If you will, you will be surprised. Imagine. Um, There is a client that I cannot remember 
we're only very new. And in her concert, she saw diff many different therapists already, different uh, agencies and everything. And then her only goal is to put her bra and go. Oh. Yeah, so she's so sick, right? So mm. she cannot shower because she's up and then she cannot put her bra. I just want to put my sock. So very simple, right? So mm. doing a specific, like, um, I think I did some dating. I did some a little bit of oscillation and then also psychological because she's so at high risk for fall. She doesn't move. So mm -hmm. how can you how how can you do that? So breaking her fear and accepting that it's normal to be afraid. You need to be keep telling it's okay to be afraid. That's normal because you had a fault. Mm -hmm. But we need to fight and build mm -hmm. these things like that. Mm -hmm. So that way she will be more confident. And then she will able to only few sessions, let's say, because she's more confident in you mm -hmm. and she believes in you as a therapist you need to have a big impact from right there and then. Mm -hmm. If your client doesn't believe in you, it's a little bit long process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, so that's right. very important. Right. More more of what we do, right, uh, is behavior change, not just the uh -huh. physical, right? We I are trying to promote like to change their behavior to promote movement. Um, mm -hmm. Most of what we do here in, in geriatric is like that, no? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I remember also Johan. Um, I also heard that from Doctor E. The fear of factor, mm -hmm. so um, the fear factor, something like that. Yeah, and then when you have the high fear of that, so you cannot go a long way. Mm -hmm. So from the beginning, you need to break that. That way you can progress. Mm -hmm. So that's very important. Right, right. All right. Good. Num that's number two so my last question um the the podcast is named pity meal it's a complete meal of of um information and inspiration um my last question is, is what are the three ingredients it can it can be a, a motto a characteristic a belief um, a saying uh that you carry with you each and every day of your life that you know, encompass who you are. So what are the three things that make up Doc Jen? Um, right. You know, um, I, I remember of Mandino. <clears throat> he has the five, five best words that I have since I was in college. <laughs> um, I always remember the best important words for me is never, 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 never give up. Or maybe never, never, never give up. So in my career, I always fail. So, and people, they keep telling me, well, Jenny, how do you do that? How do you do that? You're still working and how do you do that? But they didn't know the failure behind of before we are able to be in this, uh, like talking to you, things like that. So I always like, I remember that never, never give up. Mm -hmm. So when I took my board exam, so I have, I didn't take it at the first time and then I have it again in the second time. So never give up, right? And mm -hmm. um, I think the only thing that I passed right away is the civil service exam, professional and everything. Like always there's like a second time. So I just persevere, persevere. Mm -hmm. So those are, and then the second thing is like, um, just be kind. Mm -hmm. Kindness is contagious, you know? 
and um, the third one I can I can really is uh, having a just a good karma. So whatever you, um, just like a golden rule, whatever mm-hmm. you do to others, just come back to you. So mm-hmm. I'm just uh, believing karma like that. So that's why it's very important for me those those things. You know, mm-hmm. all right. I so yeah, we are all different, but that uh, strikes me the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Never give up. Good karma. Yes. And what was the second one? Um, just be kind. You and know, have right. kindness is contagious. Right. Like. Spread kindness, not mm-hmm. COVID. <laughs> That's true. I like that. <laughs> All right. yeah, you add that. That's, that's good for 2020, 2021. No, and 2022. <laughs> yeah, 2022. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, All right. Again, thank you, Doc Jen, for being in the show. As a takeaway, yung pabaon natin for our uh, listeners, what what do you want our listeners to take home with them from our conversation? Yeah, so I think um, just be um, connect with the proper people that you want to, uh, let's say, just connect. Mm-hmm. Be connect with us and then um, learn more and then read more or because knowledge is power. So the more you learn, the more you have, you gain, you know, and also I think just be helpful for others because sometimes when you're helping others, you're, you're helping yourself because the happiness that you gave. So that's very, very, very genuine and very different when you do that. So I think that's, that's it. Just, um, I really don't think too much of the best thing to say, I think. I said it already like that. Mm-hmm. So, but thank you so much, Johan. This is very effective. Your PT podcast comes a long way, and congratulations as well. So, whatever we discuss, I'm sure that we able to help and educate our colleagues and everybody. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Doc Chen, for for being here and sharing your stories with us. We appreciate yes. it. You are welcome. More power to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to PT Meal Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, please follow the podcast's social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Share the episodes you're listening to or episodes you love to listen to so that the message can reach more people. Also, if you have anything to share with everyone about the profession or your practice, do contact me and we can work something out. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, questions about the show or the guests uh, of the show, you can reach me through all the podcast's social media accounts or through the website www.ptmealpodcast.com or through email at ptmealpodcast at gmail.com Alright, looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Just a reminder, folks, the podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. The show strives to keep all information true and correct, but humans sometimes make mistakes factual errors may be present so we encourage the listeners to do their own research on the featured topics as well now 
Let's go back to the show. 